following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson what is up, Michigan? Welcome to The Huge Show. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge today. With me is my good friend Elijah Beagle. And of course, we have Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. What an honor and privilege it is to be in this seat as we are going to discuss a lot of basketball today. This hour will hit some major moments that have already transpired in the NBA free agency landscape and also focus in on our very own Detroit Pistons that have made some pretty solid moves, in my personal opinion, um, adding to that roster and making some more depth for themselves. We'll also talk about their picks in the 2023 NBA draft and what the Pistons still need to actually shake up their roster and coaching staff to create some more success for themselves. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Um, We had some insane contracts so far. Players are securing some major bags. In other words, they're making some crazy deals absolutely garnering some some crazy contracts. NBA free agency opened up at 6 o'clock Easter time last Friday. Before we look around the league, I'd love to hone in more so on the Pistons like I just hinted at. Pistons, as far as free agency, they retained uh, Isaiah Livers and Alec Burks, their team options to retain those players. Traded for Joe Harris and two second round picks as well as uh, trading for Monte Morris and only giving away one second round pick for all of that. So in terms of retaining Isaiah Livers and Alec Burks and trading for Joe Harris and Monte Morris. What do you like the most out of that, Eli? Yeah, I, I love the acquisition of Joe Harris. He's a veteran leader. He's a shooter. Um, I think he's being really important. You know, the three-point line has been a struggle for the Pistons the past couple seasons. So mm-hmm. having somebody that you can really trust to put it down, even if he's coming off the bench, he's going to be great. I mean, defensively, he's not the best player on the team, but right. we've acquired quite a few good defensive players exactly. you know, through the draft the last couple of years. So I think it's going to be great for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of making up for that offense, which Detroit definitely needs, I agree with that. And again, kind of a wet blanket like we were talking about earlier today as far as his defensive abilities, but still a great addition for that shooting that they absolutely need. As far as Monte Morris, a veteran point guard, he's been around the league a couple of times. He has some postseason experience. What do you think he can deliver for this organization? I think he's going to be a great leader. He's going to help Cade, and I think I think uh, if Cage struggles with injuries again, hopefully he doesn't. Um, he, he'll be good there. He'll be he'll be able to fill the role. He's going to be a good facilitator. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Uh He'll, he'll line up really good with the Detroit roster and the Detroit culture. I think so, too. I appreciate the fact that they did retain Alec Burks, as I've already mentioned, and I think Monte, pairing those two guys, that veteran leadership that, like you said, Cade and Jaden Ivey need, is going to be great for them. So to kind of look at the overall landscape of the NBA, 
craziness has been happening. I mean, we're seeing dudes get paid that we probably wouldn't have been anticipated to actually happen. But, you know, that, that's the NBA for you. It's, it's a business league first, a kind of a, a player's team, you know, or a player league second. So the first major move that we saw was the Washington and Phoenix trade between CP3, Chris Paul and Bradley Beal. Chris Paul was sent out to Washington, but then Golden State made a major move to acquire Chris Paul, and they sent away Jordan Poole, a guy that they were just saying last season is kind of the future of their organization. So in terms of CP3 and Jordan Poole, that swap, let's start on the Warrior side. How do you think Chris Paul is actually going to fare out in Golden State alongside one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game? And at the same time, him and Steph aren't necessarily that cool together. We know that there's been a long-time rivalry. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be really interesting to see this season how they mesh together. Um, I don't know if CP3 gets the starting role Mm -hmm. alongside him. I mean, he's known as a facilitator. Maybe they kind of transition Steph into like a two guard to see some more shooting out of him. But it's going to be interesting to see if he and Draymond and and Steph and Clay can all kind of mesh together and see if they can get their squad working well. Um, I mean, the Warriors, this is kind of their opportunity to run it back. They got a couple more years of the squad and they've built them from the ground ground up so adding uh, cp3 into the mix it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he can actually you know get together with the boys right. and, and make it work do you think if steph were to actually get pushed to that two guard spot do you think that they'd have the same amount of success that they've had over the years or do you think it would work better to hopefully see chris paul take a step back and kind of be more so that facilitator off the ball as opposed to being that predominant ball handler I would love to see that from CP3. I mean, obviously we know he's a great guard and he's he's been in the league for many years. And I think him taking a step back and taking a new role would be important for him. And, you know, if he wants to win a ring, I think it'll be important for his legacy to to step back and let Steph have his team and mm-hmm. just be there as, a, as an addition. Right. And I've been seeing things about them, or rather the organization is considering matching those two together in the backcourt. So it'd be interesting to see Clay kind of get pushed to that third spot. However, we already know he is lethal in the corner. I expect, you know, around the perimeter doesn't matter. So Clay kind of being able to have more off-ball opportunities as opposed to being that second option for their offense because they have CP3 kind of, you know, drawing out the defense, things like that. I think it'll be great as well. However, I do think it will be hard to mesh those personalities, like you said. Draymond Green, we already know the type of character he is. I mean, that's kind of the whole animosity that happened between him and Jordan Poole. That's why JP is now out east, as opposed to being on the Golden State Warriors this upcoming season. So Chris Paul, kind of a big personality type guy. Draymond Green does not mince words. He's not shy to tell the truth. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually does pan out. But to get back to more so the Wizards aspect, how do you think Jordan Poole fits in their roster as the Wizards have been making some pretty solid moves themselves? Yeah, I, I think Jordan Poole is is a really talented ball player. I mean, he is a hooper. He's he's going to score. He's going to make flashy plays. And I think him and Tyus Jones together will, will be a great duo. Um, he needs to work on his ball handling mm-hmm. and, you know, t- making make the turnovers like a little bit. Uh, if he makes an attempt to make a great pass and he has a turnover, that's fine. But, I mean, if he's losing the ball uh, coming up the court, like, you can't have that if you're going to be the leader of this Mm -hmm. team. And I think he does have potential Mm -hmm. in Washington to be the leader out there. And we do see that a lot in Golden State, and I think that's kind of what started creating that turmoil, especially midseason. I mean, you saw the frustration several times. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Steph, Draymond, even Clay, they did not shy away when they know they're on the national television screens to show their true expressions when Poole was making some kind of head-scratching decisions, mm-hmm. chucking up shots and crunch time when Steph is wide open or even, again, just losing the ball because he's dribbling too much, not looking to pass it first. It'll be interesting to see him and how he can actually match up with someone like Kyle Kuzma because I won't necessarily say Kuzma is the same type of player as Jordan Poole, although I do believe that Kuzma, considering he stayed with Washington, he wants to be that guy. And with Jordan Poole kind of already having that attitude, I think that's another adjustment again on both sides. We talked about the Golden State, but even you know Washington might have to deal with some potential big personalities. Hopefully, you know, keep the locker room steady, make sure there's no, you know, blood pressure, you know, boiling up or anything like mm-hmm. that. But either way, I, I think Washington has made an exceptional trade to give away CP3. They really didn't need him. They definitely needed a player like Jordan Poole. They got Tyus Jones, and now you have a solid trio in Jones, Kuzma, and JP. So Pretty pretty exciting stuff oh, for yeah. Washington if you definitely are a fan of their organization. It'll give them an opportunity to build from the, the ground up again. Absolutely. And speaking of which, not necessarily a ground up build up, but Phoenix, they're trying. You know, they, they've had quite a few opportunities since Monty Williams became their head coach back in 2019 to win a title for the first time ever. And they just haven't been able to do that. They acquire Bradley Beal. They trade away. You know, CP3 end up finally getting Bradley Beal. You match him up with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, as well as their other shooters. They also got Eric Gordon, another solid veteran who can, you know, give you some solid production on offense. Mm -hmm. Where do you think Phoenix will, or rather, how do you think Phoenix will pan out with this addition of Beal? Yeah, I think right now they stand as the second best team in the West. I mean, having KD and Booker on the same team, it it will pan out eventually. I think last year was just kind of they're getting their feet wet. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't really have everything meshed together super well, but the addition of Bradley Beal is just going to be wonderful for this team. I mean, he's a great scorer. Mm-hmm. He's a great facilitator. They're, they're going to have a really, really good time this season with all three of those together. It's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. We'll be back, back to them a little bit later, but talk more so about the contracts, some re-signs. I mean, wow. We'll talk about getting paid. Kyle Kuzma, again, he's making $30 million a year over four years. Draymond Green got paid $100 million over the next four seasons. Two guys that Detroit was hoping to possibly get, either one of them. Jeremy Grant and Cam Johnson both got themselves a crazy contract. Jeremy Grant signs the five-year, $160 million contract to stay in Portland. Before I get to Cam Johnson, how do you feel about that contract with Grant? It's going to be a horrible contract in three seasons. But, I mean, they're going to lose Dane because of it. I mean, he's not happy about the decision. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that Detroit didn't try to pay up like that for him. There was no way they were going to afford it. And, uh, you know, I know I we actually talked about this. Huge and I talked about this a couple shows ago about how we shouldn't really be Detroit shouldn't be recycling, you know, former players. But I was still advocating to potentially have Grant return. He absolutely stepped up to the plate this past season. With Portland, even with his injury, he was given solid production for them. I would have liked him back, but to see what he got paid was never going to be affordable for the squad. So Cam Johnson would have been solid young guy, a, a guy they could have had for several seasons. Still, still a young guy coming off of a tough ACL injury, I believe that was two seasons ago. But still stepped up for Brooklyn. He's getting paid four years, or excuse me, one hundred eighty million, one hundred and eight million over four years. You think he, that was worth the contract? Do you think he was a little bit overpaid? No, I think I think he's worth 
worth every penny of that. Um, he's great. He's got lots of great minutes, mm-hmm. and I think potentially he could be an all star in this league. Absolutely, no, for sure, and there's no doubt about that. Especially in the East, you know, patch him up with Mikael Bridges. With the I think they well they call Mikael Bridges the Brooklyn Bridges, but still Cam Johnson and Mikael, all their young guys. I like to see what the Nets are doing in the next coming seasons, but. To kind of wrap up, as far as the contracts, rookie extensions, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, all four, three of them got their five-year max contracts worth up to $260 million. All three of those players actually coming from the 2020 NBA draft. It's great to see them. All their individual teams, I think, have some rebuilding efforts that need to happen without a doubt. All three of those guys are on a, some poverty franchises, to kind of put it lightly. But even then, they, they have a lot of potential there in the in their their own organizations and I think it's exciting to see the youth being paid kind of what they have worked hard for so again just really cool new homes Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet in Houston how do you feel about that matching those two veteran guys with a lot of younger guys yeah, I mean, they, there couldn't be two more opposite guys in the league. Fred Van Vliet is a veteran leader. He's calm. He's cool-headed. He was great. A champion. Great in Toronto. He is a yep. champion. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been the opposite. He kind of became a villain last season, yep. and then he didn't really show up in the playoffs. But yep. I think there is a potential for the Rockets to really have two guys that can just come together and, and lead these young dudes for the for the Rockets this season. Houston has potential to be a really good team in the West. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, how about the Lakers? How are you feeling about them? A lot of people are saying that they're kind of winning this free agency, but what are your thoughts on that? I really like to see Gabe Vincent and Cam Reddish you know, come into their own out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously great players. Um, Dennis Schroeder is also you know, great at the point. Mm-hmm. And I think under LeBron, they, they can make another run at this thing. Absolutely. And obviously the biggest one to kind of cap off the free agency Dame Lillard and James Harden. If you had to decide right now and you know make that determination, what do you think is going to happen between these two players? Do you think there's going to be that three-way trade? Do you think there might not be a trade between those two guys? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, on the terms of Harden, I think that he is trying to go out and play with the Clippers. Um, it'll be a really interesting mix of dudes out there. I mean, four years ago, you could have never told me all four of those dudes are on the same team. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if Harden really thinks that they can get it done out there with the Clippers. I mean, the West is tough right now, mm-hmm. and they would really have to stay healthy and come together as a team. Uh, as far as Dame, I really don't know where he's going to end up. I mean, nobody wants Ben Simmons, so it's going to be tough for someone to take that contract. Right. Uh, I would love to see him play for Miami. I think they would have to get rid of some pieces for him to get out there. Yep. And that was my prediction a couple episodes ago on this show. I, I said that Dame will end up in Miami. I still believe in that. I think Portland's just trying to figure out who they can actually get out of that, considering Max Truce and Gabe Vincent are out of that, you know, out of that picture. Miami still has the potential of giving up Duncan Robinson, but again, they don't have as many assets as what I think Portland is looking for. But we'll see what happens in the next coming weeks. This is a huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. Coming up, we're going to talk more about the Detroit Pistons and their draft picks that they just had in the most recent draft. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Get everything you need with just one stop at Meyer. Right now, buy five, save $5 on items across the store. Like Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, Briars or Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and Brawny paper towels, two double rolls. Plus, pick up Kingsford Twin Pack charcoal briquettes for just seventeen eighty eight for all your summer grilling. Get more for your money with the same prices online and in store at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. 
Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Hot winds and scorching July nights. We've turned up the heat, and one lucky player every hour has the chance to win up to $5,000 in sizzling premium play. Blaze in to win red-hot prizes every Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. It's scorching July nights, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here with a reminder that on Thursday, July 20th, 3 until 6 p.m., I'll be broadcasting live on the patio at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. And on that Thursday, July 20th, all day long, you can stop out and buy five golf swings for five bucks with all the money going to the Folds of Honor mission. And if you beat my long drive, I could golf with you at North Kent and also pick up the tab for lunch. That's Thursday, July 20th at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. Grand Rapids, you asked for it. Big Time Rush are coming. Big Time Rush, live in concert. Can't get enough tour. Van Andel Arena, Friday, July 21st. With special guest Max and featuring Jax. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. For more, visit BigTimeRushOfficial.com. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge today. Joining me today is my good friend Elijah Beagle. Eli, we're talking about the Pistons. We're talking about the NBA. Let's get back to the Pistons, though, and their draft selections that they just made. I think some two solid you know, uh, acquirements that they actually got between Asar Thompson and Marcus Sasser. We'll start with Thompson first. Both of those brothers, both Asar and Aman, were kind of receiving a lot of skepticism by, you know, recruit, or not, excuse me, by scouts and things of that nature, saying that these are two young guys who aren't necessarily ready for this level. However, I disagree. I think both of them are very much capable of doing it. They proved it in their playing time in their two seasons at the overtime elite. I, I think Asar, although Detroit would have liked to have him on, is still a great addition for Detroit. Overall, what are your thoughts on Asar Thompson joining the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, I mean, I love the pick. Uh, 
him and his brother, they were both like a highlight show at mm-hmm. Overtime Elite. Um, the two of them together were entertaining to watch every single night. And the numbers that he put up shows that he is ready for the NBA. Um, I think he's a potential starter from day one. Uh, he's an elite defender, and he will give you the minutes that you need. Exactly. That production that Detroit desperately needs, especially on defense. I mean, they they were a bottom tier team as far as allowing how many, you know, as far as allowing opponents points per game. Definitely need that perimeter defense. A six seven two way guard that not only plays the, the two spot, but can also stretch it out to the small forward position. He skipped his high school senior year with his brother to jump up to that more professional version of basketball with overtime elite. He averaged 20.8 points per game, 11.7 rebounds, and 4.4 assists. Again, production. And he was leading that, that league overall, all six of those teams. He was the overtime elite finals MVP in the inaugural season title. Only player to drop 30 twice in that league, holds a record for most blocks in a game. Even in his second season, his numbers were still solid, kind of dipped a little bit lower, but still solid production overall. And again, claimed the finals MVP title for the second season in a row, regular season MVP, a solid guy overall. Again, do you think that it would be better for him to come off the bench? Or do you think, I know you just said he should be a starter from day one, but as far as getting that necessary that that necessary production that he needs to actually be fruitful in this league, do you think he should come off the bench first or should he immediately start? It depends on what we see from summer ball from him. Um, I mean, he's raw. He is raw talent. He, he is a very athletic player mm-hmm. and you're going to see a lot of electric plays from him. Uh, I think that if they get his ball skills up to the level that the NBA needs from him, uh-huh. uh, he'll be a starter from day one for sure. Absolutely. Development obviously being the key. I think it will be kind of tough for him to fight for those minutes between Bojan and again, we just talked about how Joe Harris was just brought in. So that's another small forward who will be fighting for those minutes. Two veteran guys who aren't necessarily going to take lightly to have enough rookie taking over their minutes. But we'll see what happens. I think overall I, I said right before the draft that he would be a solid six man for Detroit before the halfway point of the season if he's not already there overall I think he will need a little bit more development because again although he is a great defensive player it's the offense his numbers were great at at the overtime elite but those are guys who are still developing right now you're in the big man's league it's not easy to score 15 even in this league and any NBA veteran will tell you that so I think he needs a little bit more development but overall I would like to see him starting no later than the halfway point I agree with you Eli so Marcus Sasser the second pick they got him at number 25 Detroit traded up with Boston to trade their 30th pick overall to get the number 20 or excuse me the 31st pick overall to get to the 25 spot Sasser from Houston a four-year player there 6'2 or 6'2 point guard 23 years old so kind of a older guy has a little bit more experience when it comes to playing at a a, a demanding level although it was just the collegiate level still a a little bit more experience a multi-time all-american overall what are your thoughts on him Uh, i was thrilled about this pick Uh, marcus sasser has been on a team in houston that is a top three team in 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 college basketball Mm -hmm. and uh, he's been a great point guard for them he's a leader for them Uh, he might be undersized but he's gonna make up for it in heart and knowledge of the game Absolutely. I like the way you said that how it make up for it in the heart and knowledge of it because he is very disciplined on defense and a lot of scouts notice that he's a catch and shoot type of guy, off dribble shooter, but his three and D ability is what Detroit really needed. They not only need offense, but they need that defense like we keep harping on. So I also agree that overall a solid pickup for them. That trade up was a huge move. I know a lot of people were kind of hoping for that Cam Whitmore pick, but I think Satcher will still be very solid for their production overall. 
All right, well, coming up before the end of the hour, Eli and I will talk more about the Detroit Pistons and what they still need if they want to have any chance of turning their organization around and hopefully becoming not only a consistent playoff team in the coming years, but a much more respectable organization because as most Detroit Pistons fans know, they have been pretty bad, to say the least. So anyways, I'm Anthony Clark Jr. with Eli Beagle, filling in for Huge on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So if you're a fan of the classic casino games like blackjack, slots, roulette, well, you can find all of those classics and exclusive games you can't find anywhere else on DraftKings Casino. And right now they've got a great deal going for new customers who sign up with promo code HUGE. All you got to do is sign up, deposit at least $5, and you can get a match on that first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Not only does DraftKings Casino have all the classic games and exclusive games, but it's safe, secure, and reliable, so when you do win money, you can withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE and get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most, Come grow with us. Visit MerkBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank. Member FDIC Equal Opportunity Employer. Hey, sports fans. Here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge 
show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark here with my good friend Eli Beagle. Eli, we've already discussed quite a bit when it comes to the NBA. We've talked quite a bit about the Detroit Pistons, their free agent signings, as well as some trades that they made. Not necessarily players, but more so picks that weren't too you know damaging to their overall success in the coming years. Also honed in on the bigger free agency signings and some of the crazy contracts that we have seen just kicked off. Uh, the uh, previous segment, we're talking about their overall draft picks, that being the Detroit Pistons and those those draft picks backstories and how we think they're going to fare out in, in their rookie seasons. But let's focus a little bit more on what the Pistons still actually need to be successful. I said just before we went on break that this is a team that is desperately looking to be respected more, not only league-wide, but even by their own fans. So when it comes to what exactly the Pistons need. We talk not only about just solid draft picks. I've advocated this entire summer about them picking up really solid veteran leaders that can show these young guys, the the predominant amount of young guys, what it takes to be successful in this league, not only for a couple seasons, but for at least a 10-year stretch. Talk about health. We talk about just overall production. A bigger thing being culture that I think that the Pistons have lacked in, in... desperately for the past few seasons they don't have that identity that this team once had but let's go back to the health what do the Pistons need to do to hopefully keep a player like Cade Cunningham a player who has only seen 76 games in his two seasons hasn't even played a full season yet in his first two how can they hopefully make sure that Cade doesn't keep on falling onto that injury list and keep him on the court yeah, unfortunately, it's been a, a theme in Detroit sports recently, just as a whole. All of our young stars getting hurt. I mean, Cade Cunningham being a 1-1 pl- pick. I mean, he's, he's an electric player. Uh-huh. And, and unfortunately, we've only seen 76 games in two years. Uh, that rookie season, he, he really kind of came into his own, though, as the season went on. You know, he averaged 17 and uh, 17 and five. Mm-hmm. And, and we would love to see that from him again. I think he has potential to be a, a, a 25 and eight player, uh-huh. you know, this season. Um, obviously, he's nursing an ankle sprain from last season and a shin fracture that he uh, was out for only playing 12 games last season Crazy. with a shin fracture. It's just sad to see. Absolutely. Uh, young talent in the NBA is has really been struggling lately. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope he is back fully, you know. I'd like to see a full season from Cade. And I know that obviously he wants to see a full season from yeah. himself. I think, like you said, the turmoil really started before he even actually played his first professional basketball game, had an ankle sprain in the preseason, missed his first five games of his NBA career because of a, a injury that happened during practice. I mean, that's just extremely unfortunate. I remember when I saw that headline, I was like, there's no way. Yep. That's Detroit basketball for you. We finally get a first round number one pick overall and our boy gets injured before he can even actually play in the regular season that's just crazy to me and and it sucks for all of the the Detroit fans out there because you you have this young guy and you have all these hopes and aspirations to see him succeed Mm. and and now they haven't seen it and I can feel Pistons fans getting restless Mm. you know they they want to see you know one overall pick uh, potential out of Cade Cunningham and I think that this season is a potential opportunity to show it to us absolutely and I think it's exciting not only as a fan, but as the individual player, as a coach, and we'll talk about the Detroit's coaching staff here in a couple minutes, as a coach, as a player, as a teammate, but obviously as also as a fan, to hear their general manager, Troy Weaver, say that he is definitely ready for a training camp, and that being Cade Cunningham. What are your thoughts on that, hearing that the GM himself is definitively saying that he will be back, he's healthy, and we want him locked and loaded for our training camp? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's great to hear him express his confidence in Cade coming back and being ready to play. Um, I think that his training camp, if he meshes well with the boys in, in Detroit, I mean, we're going to see him lightning out of the gate, like, mm-hmm. you know, putting up numbers, mm-hmm. being a great facilitator, being the team leader that we need him to be. And if him and the rookies can really get together and, and train together and work together well, I think they have a lot to learn from Cade. So. so do you think with... And we'll, we'll focus in a little bit more on specifically on Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Duran. But to uh, just a quick point, do you think it'll be a little hard for him to be that 25-8 and eight player with someone like Jaden Ivey having to take over the reins and really kind of being the center of their offense? I know Detroit obviously wants Cade to be there for, to facilitate, but how do you think it's going to pan out as far as him transitioning back onto the court when a player like Jaden Ivey has kind of already established his identity as someone that can take care of that ball and be the primary ball handler? Yeah, I mean, last season we saw a lot from Jaden Ivey. I think I don't think any Piston fan is upset with what we saw from no. him. He was he was fantastic for us, and I think that Cade having that other option there. Mm-hmm. I mean, his rookie season he didn't really have anyone. He was the focus of attention, and now that he has another option there, he'll be able to spread the floor. I think we'll see Cade really kind of space the floor out and create a lot of opportunities for him and Jaden Ivey just to go off together. Absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely. Still talking about health, Isaiah Stewart, Big Stu. We know that's that's a workhorse for the Detroit Pistons. That's essentially the Dennis Rodman from the 80s, you know, early 90s for the Pistons. Uh, a, a kind of just that hard-nosed, gritty player who's not scared to throw hands if necessary. If, if one of his players is getting disrespected or if he feels disrespected, he has absolutely no issue getting in your grill and saying, hey, show me some respect. This is a man's game. Let's treat each other like men. However, Going back on the injury aspect, he had a a pretty bad left shoulder injury. It's been out since March dealing with that. And on June 13th, the team said that he'll be sidelined for at least the next three to four weeks. So essentially, he's still sidelined for the next week or so in this month because of that left shoulder impingement. With him being kind of their bigger catalyst on both the offensive and defensive sides, more so on the rebound, you know, on the boards, what... You know, do they hopefully hope to have when it comes to his health? You know, Isaiah Stewart, how, how do they hopefully hope to unload that stress on him to keep him healthy and keep him in that starting rotation because they need him desperately? Yeah, I mean, I, I think B. Stu, you got to watch his injury for the season. <laughs> you know, you got to keep an eye on it. But I think uh, as long as he stays healthy and gets his minutes, he's going to be great for the Pistons Absolutely. this year. He, he's going to be like a Ben Wallace type player, you know, someone that you, for, yep. you you definitely think about some Ben Wallace type player from Absolutely. him. And, and he'll be great for us. I mean, he's going to be a catalyst on both ends of the floor. And he's going to be an option, you know, when a, a Jay Nivey gets in trouble, he'll be there and he'll be able to help you get it out. So I think him being healthy is important for the Pistons this season. If they want to contend, they need him to be healthy. Absolutely. Matching him up with Jalen Duren and even like James Wiseman, even Marvin Bagley the third, huge centerpieces. Uh, I mean, literally and metaphorically, you know, literally. legit centers for the Detroit Pistons that match up so well with Isaiah Stewart. I, th- I think any three of those centers would be great right now, you know, alongside uh, on the front court with Isaiah Stewart. The hope is that just him and Cade can both stay healthy because if not, Pistons are going to be in trouble. It doesn't matter if they pick up a player like Marcus Sasser or even uh, Asar. You know, they need their number one guys, their, their starting five, to be healthy if they have any chance whatsoever of being a successful team. So transitioning into more so their production, we're talking about them being successful. 
It's it's tough to look at these numbers as a fan. It's 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 not very fun. They were tied for third highest, more or less, for allowing the the most opponents' points per game. That being 118.5 points. Houston being just shy of that at being 118.6. So more or less tied for the worst amount of opponents' points per game. Should be a lot better on defense, considering their major improvement that we've been talking about with their draft picks and even their uh, their pickup with Monte Morris. Although kind of a smaller guard still a backcourt guard that they need matchable with Marcus Sasser that'd be beautiful again we talked about Joe Harris kind of being that wet blanket on defense yes, but yeah, we, we picked him up for the, the shooting that, and that's another thing Detroit was tied second lowest for points per game last season more or less uh, again just by a, a fourth of a percentage by, with Houston they only averaged 110.3 points last, last season that's pretty bad the lowest team was Miami that, which I think is crazy because that team was three wins away from an NBA title. The difference being their defense. Miami was the second best when it came to the lowest amount of opponent, opponents' points per game. So that's how they kind of made up and even you know made themselves known as the eighth seed in the NBA Finals. But to get back to the Detroit Pistons, it's again the offense and defense. With their selections, with their pickups and Joe Harris and Monte Morris and even their retentions of picking up those those team options, how do you think their production value will fare out this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the NBA recently in the past you know, few seasons has been focused on offensive production. Absolutely. And you're looking for a team that can really just score a bunch of points. And, and the Pistons have that potential. But I would love to see the Pistons develop a great defensive identity, you know, reminiscent of the early 2000s teams. Yes. Like a team that can really just come out and put it to your mouth and make you realize like this is the Detroit, Detroit Pistons. You're not going to score 100 points on us. Right. Like, that, that's the goal. Um, I think anything, if, if we're in the top five of scoring, that's fine with me. I would love for us to see a top five defensive team this season. Absolutely. I think defense is the biggest catalyst for their success overall. You got the offensive numbers, you know what I mean? Like they, they're still averaging you know, triple digits. It's not that high, but even then, it's, it's still triple digits. It's an offensive league first. But if you value that defense like the Miami Heat did. They had the lowest points per game last season, and yet they had the second best defense, and they made it to the finals. If Detroit can find that identity again of valuing defense first, like they say, defense wins championships, then I also do agree that they actually can bounce back and be a a, a, a solid, at least play-in team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the hope, at least. But I will be honest, I will be very surprised if they somehow become a top-10 scoring team. I, I highly doubt it because we'll talk a little bit more about how these individual players actually you know pan out as far as their production they're scoring but it's not as well not not compared to a lot of these other teams like Sacramento Golden State Denver teams like that culture kind of already talking about it we we, you just said Eli that they should establish kind of that that early 2000s Detroit type of rhythm defense first Pistons I feel like right now in the in the current gen they have a very hyper specific culture and like it's it's almost unable to even be put into words. I, I we keep trying to evaluate this team. We keep saying this is the issue. No, this is the issue. This and that, and yet it never seems to actually be that issue. They're young and gritty, but still the pieces that have been seemingly unknown again for the last decade are seemingly unknown <laughs> for the most mm-hmm. part. So we talked a little bit about earlier uh, off of the, off the air that we don't necessarily think Boyan is one of those veterans that although he is a solid perimeter scorer kind of the same thing with Joe Harris would be a better fit on a contending team looking to add a few more assets as opposed to rebuilding like a rebuilding organization like Detroit getting 
more sense of identity and kind of letting go of those players like they just did finally with Corey Joe, a guy who was just kind of just riding the pine. Like, he, you know, he was there. He was still getting minutes. I shouldn't say riding the pine. He was getting minutes, but like he wasn't part of that identity that Detroit's looking for. So what do you think it's going to take for them to finally get back to that defensive first mentality? Yeah, I, I think that the Pistons have potential now with with Thompson on the on the team. I mean, he will be a great defender for this team for many years to come. And I think that Cade Cunningham, we talk a lot about his offensive efficiency and his uh, ability as a scorer. He's he's a great defender at the point. I mean, he is not he's not going to let you get by him. He he is very good. So I think potentially if we're looking for like to rebuild culture and to really get an identity for this team, like guys like Boyan, they they don't have the identity or like. The personality of a Detroit Pistons right. team, like it's similar to like having Blake Griffin on that team. That was, I mean, we weren't good. Even we weren't D making Rose. the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, it, it just didn't feel like a Detroit Pistons team. It just felt like we were adding pieces from other teams that were successful. I think we gotta stick to these guys that we've drafted and build up from the draft. And I, I would love for Bojan to go off this season, and we can mm-hmm. trade him at the deadline and, and get some pieces for him. You mm-hmm. know, I think that would be really good. Uh, as far as being a team that is rebuilding we need to have solid rebounders as well and i think that having a healthy team especially with beef stew being healthy i think (laughs) getting some good rebounding numbers will be great for us absolutely i I agree with that and i like that you said that the boyan isn't necessarily the guy on this team because but rather a, a guy that really fits overall because the team doesn't even know what they're doing necessarily like you just said they're just adding pieces and we've seen this for the past decade, really ever since that that 2004 championship team, they had a couple more spurts in the playoffs, just couldn't quite get there. They they, they, they got close a couple times, but just couldn't quite get past the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals. But right ever since the 2010s, it's been more so who was a big you know guy that we can sign, you know, Andre Drummond or even Cade Cunningham, or to be quite honest, you know, a lot of other players that have panned out well with other organizations. But as far as Detroit, they were more so just, oh, that was just another guy. Mm-hmm. I agree that... They need to get off of that mentality of, hey, we're just adding pieces. That's all we're doing. And not being able to really establish that is why they've had so much you know, struggle and why they have not been able to have as high as production. But like you just said, finally having those rebounders that they need in Isaiah Stewart, in Jalen Dern, or even Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman. You got a SAR possibly being a starter for their small forward position. You also have Cade Cunningham and, uh, and Jaden Ivey. I think that is a starting five, no matter who you have rotating in between that center position, that can find a true identity and a solid culture that could lead this team, hopefully, to at least the play-in tournament. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think the play-in play play uh, tournament is the goal. Like yes. That is what we're aiming for. I would love for us to be uh, a contender. Um, I think that's a couple years out. You know, I think we need some more development and potentially, you know, if we can get a good draft pick or two in here, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is potential. But this season, if we can make the play on tournament and really just as a team come together and define our culture and everyone will know like, oh yeah, that's Detroit Piston basketball. That's right. what I would love to see. I know. And I'm sure, you know, if you're listening, you're like, well, yeah, no crap. They should find an identity. Right. But it's not as easy as it sounds. It's, I mean, that's quite literally why this team is struggling so much. We, if you want to go back to Miami again for like the third time, they had such a successful run because they had an identity. Their rotation guys knew that they weren't necessarily like superstars, right? They know that they're phenomenal players, which is why they're in the league getting paid what they are. But they had the identity of, hey, 
we're a gritty team and we know that we can win when we stick together. Look at a team like Denver. They, you know, a lot of people didn't necessarily have them as the favorites until the Western Conference Finals. It was the Bucks, it was the Suns, and then I want to say either Boston and also Philly. Those are the top four projected teams to win last year's title. Come to find out, Denver goes on probably one of the craziest runs ever. And that was because they established that identity through patience and determination. Jamal Murray talked a lot about how he almost got traded away. But Mike Malone said, oh, no, no chance you're giving away my point guard. This is my guy that I need. We know that he is crucial to our identity. And unfortunately, that's just not what the front office of Detroit has necessarily focused on. However, finally putting up Dwayne Casey, bringing in our guy that we're going to be talking about here in this next hour and all those other assistants that they that he has you know strung along with him is going to be crazy for this team I think overall and really finally being able to get them past that hump of hey we finally know who we are. We're not a bottom tier team. We're not a we're not a number you know uh, a ranked number thirty in, in this league anymore. We are a team that we know can be successful at least in the Eastern Conference. Because if we want to talk about bottom tier you know organizations, there's plenty in the East. It's a top heavy West, and even then, kind of more so playing teams in the West. Those are teams that can kind of roll some Eastern mm-hmm. teams, right? But you look at. The Orlando Magic, although they're kind of on, they're on the come up right now. They're on the clock. They might do something, but look at Charlotte or even Atlanta. Uh, the uh, again, Orlando Magic or even a team like I mean, you know, the Knicks. We'll see what happens. I know they were just a fifth seed. They they made it to the second round, but we'll see. There, there's some turmoil there with Julius Randle. Yes, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see. Those type of teams, Detroit has no issue getting past. It's mm-hmm. just finding themselves on the floor overall. But I appreciate that. Anyhow. That is, I think, going to be, again, this is their best bet, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think the bigger thing, but one of the bigger things, again, is what we're going to be talking about here in this next hour, and that is more so their coaching staff and who they picked up, I think, was absolutely phenomenal. Coming up, we'll talk more about that, their, their coaching staff, as well as uh, who we think will be the better player between Jalen Duran, Cade Cunningham, and, and Ivy as well. I'm Anthony Clark Jr. with Eli Beagle, filling in for Huge on the Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge.